Nick, 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 Welcome everybody to True Exact Show. Nickelodeon Month here continuing. I'm here with Ray and our special guest today. You may remember him from Wild and Crazy Kids. Is one of the three hosts or four. I know you replaced one of them. We'll get to that, right? Just yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have our special guest today is uh, Donnie Jeffcoat. How you doing, man? It's been a long time. Hey, buddy. Time. How you doing? Yeah, not that we've ever met, but it's just been a long time, like, delving into the Nickelodeon stuff. So it's really cool to get you on, man. Uh, Thanks. No problem. First, uh, before we get into what you're up to now, man, we just want to know, like, how you got into the Nickelodeon scene, Wild and Crazy Kids. I'm sure we'll have some questions about some of the events that you did with Wild and Crazy Kids. Um, but, like, how did you get that gig? Uh, was it a agent or you just auditioned? Yeah, that's basically it. I, I had, uh, I think I had just screen tested for the Mickey Mouse Club, like, the year before. And... Um, and then I ended up uh, getting the call from Nickelodeon and uh, they, they had us come in and, you know, obviously read the, read the hosting script. And um, it was like a three part process and they kind of put the host together. Then they screen tested us together. Uh, I was a f just, I think I was just about to be a freshman in high school. It was 1989. Um, and uh, it was my freshman year in high school. I started, I think we did 70 something episodes from 89 to 93 uh, and majority of those episodes were filmed uh, two a week during the summertime because that's when we could get all the kids from the communities to you know get involved in the in the games and stuff. So uh, and then we did a couple of them during the school year, um, like some of the special ones. Uh, I think we did Hawaii once, um, filmed out there, I believe, or was that live? It might have been live because I, I went on to Nick Live after I did the seventy episodes or. Uh, uh, of, of the show, um, then they took me on a tour, and uh, so some of that stuff is mixed up in my memory banks. But uh, yeah, man. How was that? It. How was that being a freshman, landing that, and then like going to high school? Like, did your friends believe you? Or <laughs> yeah, you know, I was a child actor. I started on the Wonder Years back in like '85, okay. and then you know, prior to Nickelodeon, I was doing movies and, and television. So. You know, I, I had already been on, on, you know, Who's the Boss and Punky Brewster and Cagney and Lacey, you know, all the 80s shows. And then I did a, a several several movies back then, Night of the Demons, Ghoulies 2, and uh, quite a few television films. And um, so I was already pretty much in it. So majority of my community around me down, down in Irvine knew that I was, I was an actor. Um, but uh, I didn't really see what's crazy about the Nickelodeon experience for me was that show became one of the biggest television shows for kids. Um, and they kind of hid it from us. We didn't really, uh, me and Omar and, and Jessica and Annette, we didn't realize how big the show had gotten. They actually, uh, Omar's mom, uh, at least the story that she told us, she found a, a huge box of all of our fan mail. We never received any of our fan mail unless the fans sent it through our agents and through our managers uh nickelodeon actually hid a lot of that stuff from us back then uh or at least i, I you know i say nickelodeon nickelodeon really wasn't the actual um full umbrella of, over our show our show was woody frazier productions mm. and um so that production company is are the ones who just really i think 
probably hit it. I don't know. I don't know if it was a malicious thing, but I have a feeling. <laughs> I, I have a feeling they hid it from us because they didn't want us to know how popular. Because we would have asked for more money. <laughs> you know, it, it gives us some tools to go back to the bartering table. You know, every every season. Um, so. Uh, I think the last season is when we realized that we were the number one kids game show on 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 network because um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I guess, had proclaimed us like the most healthy sh kids game show for kids because we were all active and outside. And so he invited us um, to the White House when Bush Senior Bush Senior was president, uh, and we did this special. Uh, episode with Arnold Schwarzenegger wow. and, and the president and stuff. Um, so that's kind of, I think, where we all realize, huh, we're pretty big. You know, this right. is a this is a pretty popular show. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, kind of interesting. I, I that's why uh, if you're a fan listening to this and you sent me fan mail and I didn't get back to you, it's because they they didn't <laughs> give it to us. <laughs> Somebody's had you on their like hate list for the past thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, dude, that guy's an asshole. That explains why we. I used to write trying to get on this show with me and you, and then that explains everything. Well, that's we never right. got an answer back. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's right. kind of a dick move, man. I agree, man. I agree. It's I don't know. It really like, is. It is, but it isn't. If you think about it, at that age, to like think about it at that age to understand the popularity and power, like. You're, it almost might have been beneficial. Like they might have been protecting you from yourselves at that could age. Be. Like, it could yeah. be. I have a feeling it went a lot less depth there in regards to. I think it was really more about their control over over the situation. You know, back in the back in the nineties and eighties, the business was so different. I mean, there you know, kids in in the business these days are so much more protected than we were. Yeah. Um, you know, in regards to just legality and how many hours they work and so on and so forth. I was the kid in the, out of the three of us that I was the oldest and except for Annette, Annette was a little older than me. Um, but she was only in the first season. So, um, after she left, I was the oldest kid and my parents pretty much emancipated, emancipated me as soon as I could drive at age 16, hmm. they stopped coming to set with me. So I was a lot of times on set by myself, and uh, the person in charge of me was really just the studio teacher, um, who who she she basically I, th I think if I remember right we signed a waiver over to her as basically legal guardian. But on the flip side, I really didn't have a guardian on set. So if we ever went over time, or if they needed some extra filming footage or what have you at the end of the day, they knew to put Donnie at the end of the day and ask him if he could stay the extra couple hours past what they are legally supposed to. Because right. Omar's mom was on it, she would be like, "You're coming. Wow. He's you're not you're not working any longer." And so it's you know, Jessica's father was the same. You know, they were pretty protective of their rights as children. Um, but uh, you know, things were different back then. You know, back then producers, uh, you know, even though we were young teenagers, they would come out, they'd yell at us. Uh, there was this one lady who was, you know, bless her heart. I want her to say her name is Connie, but uh, whatever. Exec she was one of the executive producers. And she was a bulldog, man. She'd come out of the, she'd come and yell us if we were late, you know, for work uh, or, 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 you know, didn't know our lines or we couldn't be found, whatever the case may be. So it was a completely different um, uh, program than what you find today. It, it also was like, um, it, it also like paved the way to, like, if you think about it, it was one of the shows where, you know, you as a kid, like everyone wanted to be on. It was kind of like a family feud type thing. Like, oh my God, I want to be on the show. And as a kid, it was like, all right, we can't mess up shit in our parents' house. But like you guys allowed everyone <laughs> to just fuck shit up 
yeah. everywhere else. <laughs> so it's like it's like yeah. babysitting. Hey, don't break the shit at home. Go build. You can't put gum under the seat, but build a mound of gum. And yeah, if you could win. Yeah, and some of the freaking games, dude, that we did were insane. Yeah. I mean, they were so. There was one that we we. I remember these moon boot shoes that we did. Some like it was like I think it was the Dizzy Bat Baseball Day, and they had us in these moon boots. They were always trying to yeah, use I these remember. damn moon boots, and they were the biggest ankle rollers. They would break your. I mean, the minute you fall in them, man, your ankle smacks. You know, they didn't get that the safety of these games was like out of control. Right. Uh, you know, I remember the, the producers would always try out these games and we had a cool group of, of young people who were producing the show back then. Um, I remember having some really good times with them. I mean, they were all older than us, but uh, uh, they would be the ones who came up with a lot of these games and they were coming up, coming up from um, coming, coming up with them from uh, like their college days and stuff. Oh, you know, it's somewhat like dizzy bat baseball. I think came off of a drinking game, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. We, I think we've even, all like, done it. So like, I said, we've all done the dizzy bat baseball right. at one time yeah. in our lives. Like, right. yeah, like it's just stupid drunk ideas, and then they figured out a way to. <laughs> I think that's exactly what they were ideas. doing. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you're right. Was there ever like one thing I wanted to ask too? Like, even though the cre like. You told me who created the games. That was a question, but was there ever any like serious injuries or like an injury where you like maybe we should take it easy or not do this and where you were kind of getting yeah, worried? Yeah, there were some times where we yeah we would try a game out and it became a little too dangerous or or something just didn't work. Um, good thing is, is a lot of times I, I if I remember right they had backup games if something didn't work uh, the way it was supposed to. And then I tell you what, because we were outside and we didn't have the control of an in, in you know, enclosed studio, uh, kind of like, I mean, Double Dare, because, you know, the whole show was based on Double Dare. Mark yeah. Summers was one of the creators of the show, yeah. uh, and he, he based it on Double Dare, but he wanted to break the walls and get outside, right? So um, the elements a lot of times, like if it was too windy out, that would cause problems. If, of course, if it was raining out, that was a real big issue. You know, uh, thank God we were filming mostly in California. It doesn't rain a lot here, but there was, um, you know, there was always the issues of the elements. And, and of course, uh, like you said, of games that might have thought of, they, they thought was going to, you know, they thought that they were going to work. And then, of course, maybe it was too dangerous or maybe it just didn't pan out. Um, sometimes the games were too tough for the kids. Uh, you know, um, I remember sometimes they were just, uh, uh, they even actually I remember sometimes we would get so messy at the beginning of a day with like eggs and whipped cream and I'm, I'd be like usually the guy with all the shit all over me and uh, he's emancipated the, get him uh, that's exactly it that's exactly it so um, a lot of times though that that would cause the most uncomfortable day because after a couple hours of sitting in the sun and that egg caked hair and such you smelled like you know, a, a, a giant fart. Uh, that was just disgusting. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and a lot of times we were on sets uh, on location that didn't even have anything other than like a, a, a hose. Uh, so you take a hose bath, you know, it wasn't oh, great man. conditions. All the time. Prison but, uh, shower. Prison yeah. shower. But you know, man, some of the best times of my life though were uh, doing that show. I mean, I mean, honestly, I have some of the greatest memories of my career um, I mean, especially when we were on tour, when we were on tour, I had a blast. Uh, but even when filming, I mean, we used to like have access to, uh, you know, theme parks or water parks 
we go to like wild wild rivers or raging waters and we get there so early in the morning that the park would be hours for out you know for the first couple hours uh, we'd have oh, full wow. rain and so we get to ride the, the rides. I remember climbing up slides backwards, going from the bottom to the top uh, in, in raging waters and stuff. And they would always let me bring my friends. So uh, during the summertime, a lot of times, you know, my buddies would join me on set. And, um, you know, and then, of course, when we did the Six Flags tour, uh, we would get first in line of all the roller coasters and all that. So as a kid, dude, it was pretty, pretty badass. Yeah, that's, that's what's really cool. And I, it seems like everyone we talked to who's been a part of Nickelodeon, like the vibe there was so like, I don't know, friendly. Like it was just fun. Like they kind of, they trusted you guys to not yeah. eat animals and like actually gave you free reign to do stuff. And like everyone, you, you almost behaved because of it. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it kind of stinks because, as far as the wild and crazy kids go, we really never got too exposed to the Nickelodeon corporate production side mm -hmm. because we were Woody Fraser Productions bought out by Nickelodeon. Okay. Uh, in fact, that's why you don't see on Nick at Night and some of the rerun, like you don't see Wild right. and Crazy Kids reruns because no. the rights I don't believe are are Nickelodeons. I believe they're still Woody Fraser Productions. So yeah, that's that a sucks. that sucks because with you know technology taking over the world with kids now, you'd love yeah. a show like that to be out now so the kids get outside and actually do stuff. Like it would work so much right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I think they try. Didn't they try to bring it back like in the '90s or the early 2000s? I don't know. I, I don't I think it was. Yeah, it was two thousand. Think two thousand two. They yeah. tried to come back with it, but it just it, it didn't it have. Just to, didn't see, run. that's the thing. Like when you have that. Yeah, when you have that, like uh, spur of moment vintage, like it, it's like a nostalgia thing where it's the right moment, right time for something, and then when you try to rejuvenate it, it just it doesn't pan out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw it. I just heard that they tried to revamp it, but uh, um, you know, but it was it was a good time. I just I do kind of, some something I was always jealous of were the shows like Hey Dude and and Clarissa explains it all, and even like Nick Arcade and and uh, Michael Malley on Guts. They had they had Nickelodeon Studios backing those shows, right? So it was a whole nother level of of production and professionalism whereas wild and crazy kids kind of was a rogue show uh and a lot of people don't realize that they we weren't we weren't nickelodeon studios hmm. um we, you know we we were we were kind of co-owned um, yeah i didn't I, I wouldn't have known that either um what was the one no what was the one uh event like um activity like your favorite that was ever done Do you have one of them that you remember? I always enjoyed going to the parks. I mean, um, a lot of the the uh, hardest days were the ones that we were in, like just a local park, like oh. up here in the valley. You know, they would just choose a park somewhere in San Fernando Valley, like in Burbank or what have you. Those days were some of the toughest ones because, um, again, the accommodations. I mean, we had our honey wagons, you know, so our dressing rooms had AC and stuff. But the, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of shower. We didn't, you know, we didn't have um, the comfort and such. So those days sometimes were a little hectic. But uh, I feel like the organization of the production was always um, top tier when we were at a uh, at a park like gotcha. you know what was six flags or or um you know when we went to magic mountain or when we went to raging waters or wild rivers and we did the shows at those places because they had to kind of keep everything nice and tight um and so uh and then of course like i said 
once I got off the show and we stopped filming and they took me at, asked me to do the Wild and Crazy Kids live tour, um, that's when things really started getting fun. Yeah. I was 19 at the time. And so I was on tour 19. I, in fact, I turned 21 uh, while I was on tour uh, that weekend. And uh, we oh, just had a blast. Boy. I mean, you know, it was, and we were playing Great Western Forum. We were playing Madison Square Garden. Uh, and then we had a tour that hit all the different um, uh, Paramount Adventures, you know, uh, like they were basically Six Flags, like um, uh, amusement parks. They had a contract with them. So we tour uh, each amusement park and do live shows at the amusement park. So, uh, you know, I was seeing the world. I was seeing yeah. the whole country, uh, you know, as a young guy. Uh, you know, just getting to experience all kinds of things. So those are some of the best days of my so you, my life back. You then. mentioned the moon boots, the dizzy bat. What about a contest that you watch the kids do that like still sticks with you today? That you're like that still is the best contest like thought up or the wildest one that you would have never concocted in your own mind. Is there anyone that's brother? Everything meshes together. I wish I could say I had a specific thing, but I honest, I have the entire collection of episodes on DVD. When my, I promised my wife one day when my daughter's old enough, I'm going to actually sit down and rewatch some of these episodes to remind myself what the hell was going on back then. Um, but uh, I really, everything is, honestly, you guys probably remember more than I do. Yeah, in no, regards to the specificity. Uh, the, one, the, one, the one that always sticks in my brain, the one that always sticks in my brain, and it was in the intro, is you You guys were in like a mall. And then you were like passing out, I, I don't remember what you were passing out to the kids, but it was right in the intro. And then you did a whole episode, I think at like the Mall of America or something. Yeah, it, you're it, right. It, it was so long ago. It, I don't it even was, remember, it bro. Is hard I, I honestly, I remember a lot of games really, honestly, if, if, if my memory serves me well, some of those games just didn't work. Yeah. And a lot of times I think they fixed them in the editing <laughs> suite. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I really see can't. that though. Yeah, a lot of that stuff was like, and I remember also getting frustrated because uh, a lot of times they would change the games last minute, and um, excuse me, um, they would change the games last minute on me, uh, and of course that would change the script. So yeah. um, you know we'd struggle just remembering the lines because all of a sudden they give us two new paragraphs of of uh, games and such to to remember how to you know the instructions and all that stuff. I always had one of the assistants, one of the PAs, um, had big old cards with uh, with all my lines on them right by the camera. And depending on the day, you could, I bet you, and I have to go back and watch, but you could probably see my eyes reading right off the cards half the time. That's you know? funny. So, yeah, yeah. So, so what, what, out of all the time, out of all the places you toured, you mentioned the water parks, New York, like you as a kid, being that age, like, what was the one place, like, you being from California, what was the one place you visited that you were, like, like in awe of? Like, the garden? In, in I think it was 93 or 94, Nickelodeon got a call from the Sultan of Brunei. And, um, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the Sultan himself, but you know what I'm saying. Mm. So they, uh, they called and asked for me and the show uh, for his niece's birthday. Wow. So they flew us out on like Royal Bruneian Airlines to the country of Brunei, which is very, very rare to even get a an American visa. A lot. They don't even allow that. I couldn't even tell you where that is on a map. Where? Yeah, I've never heard of it. 
I want to say it's just country. north of Vietnam. It's a Malaysian country. It's um, uh, very small. Basically, wow. the, uh, my understanding is the whole country floats on oil. Um, and um, it's one of the few monarchies left. Uh, so it was like super rigid rules. Um, I remember when we got there, um, we were pretty much eagle-eyed the entire time. Uh, we had very little freedom out. They basically said, you stay in the hotel. Um, you know, if, again, I, I think it's one of the countries that has been um, at least uh, uh, there's accusations that it's harbored terrorists and stuff. It's a pretty gnarly country, uh, you know, in regards to wow. the way it's run. Um, but very wealthy, very wealthy. I know that the, the palace that we did the show in during the trip um, was the palace of the Sultan's daughter, I believe, because it was her daughter, four-year-old, uh, I want her to say Princess, somebody, Princess Akita or something like that. It, she basically, it was her birthday. And um, in the palace, there were all these pictures of the Jacksons, uh, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson. So the Jacksons were really close to the family, this specific um, uh, daughter. And they were consistent, I guess they, were, they visited quite often. Um, but when we asked to stay for an extra day or two to tour the country, they were very, very um, uh, rigid about how long we could stay. Yes, you, we'll give you one day, I believe, or you know. And they put a tour guide with us, oh, wow. and we were basically, you know, toured around, show, shown the things that they wanted us to see, and then um, and then basically sent back to the hotel and put back on a plane the next day. It was the only show I had ever done that I got I got tipped. At the after the show, um, they came <laughs> up and they gave me a cash tip, and it was really weird. Me and my, my co-host Brian Stinson, um, he used to do a lot of the co-hosting with me back then. Uh, he was a, a host um, from the Nickelodeon Studios tour that they grabbed uh, when like Michael Malley wasn't available, or Phil Phil Moore was on tour with me for a while. Michael Malley um, and uh, basically the, the four of us were the main guys um, hosting the the tour show, and. Um, Anyway, there were all these rules. Like at one point, we you know we had slime in the in the show um, integrated into the uh, into the live show, mm -hmm. and at the end um, we were going to slime the princess, and she had like this dress on that we were told was worth like you know a hundred thousand dollars or something, and we could not get it. You know, we couldn't get anything on it, and I mean there were these crazy rules that I couldn't even look certain people in the eye like it was against the rules um there were all these royal, like royal families from all over europe in the audience like france and uh, italy and so on and so forth. it was just crazy you asked me one of my biggest experiences and most memorable experience it would be that show yeah um it was pretty intense and then afterwards they flew us i want to say we went to singapore and they they gave us this huge each one of us this, these huge marble floored um uh, suites at this beautiful hotel. Uh, I remember going out in Singapore and, and meeting these Australians and they came back and partied all night in the suite with me. Uh, and then they, and then we ended up in Tokyo on our way back and spent me and one of the producers, uh, spent a couple nights in Tokyo together. So pretty interesting. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a really weird experience. Uh, one of the most nerve wracking hosting experiences when we actually did the show, um, I've ever had. Uh, I mean, we, they wouldn't even allow us to eat with the with everybody. They they put us with the help. They put us with the with the you know the cooks and 
uh, the house cleaning crew and stuff. That's where we ate. It sounds like when, like, it sounds like when the basketball players go over to like North Korea, like that's the experience you're yeah. telling. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it was really bizarre. It yeah. was very bizarre. So crazy. I have video of it still and a lot of pictures. Um, but, uh, I remember Brian, the guy who co-hosted, uh, he actually, Brian Stinson created, he's the creator and the executive producer of Dance Moms now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, he and I, uh, I remember he, 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 he wasn't sleeping well. He was nervous and he wanted, I think he went home early and me and, um, a couple of the other guys stayed around and toured Tokyo and stuff, but, uh, it was weird. It was a crazy experience. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, I don't even know how to top that story, honestly. Yeah, so pretty, <laughs> right. I'm sure if you gave me more time, bro, I could come up. I mean, uh, another good experience on Wild and Crazy Kids was the Dude Ranch. That was pretty awesome. We did the, we did it up in Utah for like, I think we were up there for a good week because I think we did two or three episodes on the ranch. Um, we were doing two episodes a week. Yeah. And it was really, um, during the summertime, we, I think we filmed, Four days, I want to say, and then we did one day, one night of uh, of, of voiceover work. Um, so it was basically a, a pretty tight schedule. We'd finish one show in a day or two, and then start the other episode. Um, and I think sometimes they would even just have us film a bunch of games, and sometimes they'd end up splicing some of the episodes together. I can't remember though. Again, it's been so long. That's but, all right. Um, Anyway, after yeah. Wild and Crazy Kids, like you're 21, sure. the season end, like how did did you continue acting or you just kind of ended it and started, I don't want to say living a normal life, but a less like stressful, less demanding life. Like I know you, you have a dojo now. So like explain like what happened afterwards and uh, how you got in the yeah. way now. Well, you know, I even throughout my my time at Nickelodeon, um, I was still doing guest stars and doing other projects as an actor. So when I got off the show, um, I, I want to say I started doing, um, obviously some guest stars, but then I, I did seventh heaven for a while, uh, as a reoccurring and I did like Dr. Quinn medicine woman. And, um, and then I ended up booking uh, one life to live. I ended up in New York for, yeah. um, several years doing the soap opera and, um, I was doing films and such there, uh, came back to LA, did some theater, did some more guest stars like CSI New York and NCIS and such. And then uh, um, uh, did the World War II film, Fortress. Basically just continued pursuing the, the acting career after that. Um, I'd been doing it since I was nine years old, basically. So it was pretty much in my blood. Um, but uh, I got back from New York in 2001. And um, I think it was 2001, 2002. 2002 and uh, moved back to LA with the hopes of continuing working. And I just, I felt burnt out and I felt kind of like, you know, I need, I needed a change uh, in my life. I had been doing the acting thing for so long. It started to get becoming more anxiety ridden for me than anything. Like my, my anxiety levels were so high because I was older. I was in my um, late twenties, early thirties now. And I was starting to realize that um, the industry was as, as especially as an adult mm. like looking for a future was so spotty you just never knew mm. even today's industry you know i have friends who are still working out there and the working actors still have to have that backup plan 
And I never, I didn't really want to have to worry any longer about that next job every single time I get off of a set, I have to worry about auditioning the next week and finding that next project as soon as humanly possible so that I could pay my bills. So that's when I started um, exploring other careers. And it was really weird being as the, the age I was, uh, I had never worked a real job before. I had always been a working actor. So, you know, like a lot of my my high school buddies and college buddies, they were able to explore other careers and they had jobs like normal jobs, you know, working at a restaurant or working at Home Depot, whatever, whatever it was, you know, or pursuing a career in, in uh, you know, uh, uh, journalism, whatever the case, right? Um, I didn't. I didn't have that background. So in my 30s, I was exploring things that most guys did in their early 20s. So I, I think I, I was working in an accounting office at one point as a bookkeeper. I was doing construction. Uh, I was chefing. I became an executive chef for a couple of years down in Hollywood. Um, and uh, I was a bouncer at clubs uh, doing security. <laughs> it was crazy. And so um, I guess the one thing that stuck with me as long as acting was the martial arts. Mm. I started training in martial arts the same year as a kid as I started acting. And, um, and that's something that I always kind of stuck with throughout my whole career. Even if I couldn't be consistent with it because of my schedule, I always found a dojo to train in, uh, in between jobs and such. And so I started training pretty consistently again, um, in my early thirties or late twenties, I think it was. And, and, um, I started realizing that it was a true love, like a passion for me. And I started teaching, assistant teaching at a school right here down the street. And uh, that really kind of hooked me. I started feeling the same level of, of reward and, and, uh, and, and passion that I did for acting because I was able to, uh, you know, um, kind of entertain when you're up in front of everybody uh, teaching self-defense you got everybody's attention. You're you're running a show for an hour, basically. A little different of a game show, but it's still a show, you know. And I think it just I started seeing that the the positive influence I was having on my students and the kids and the adults, and we were we were changing lives, and I think um, uh, and bettering people's lives, and, and uh, I think that really kind of hooked me. And I decided in 2010 to start looking for my own school, my own piece of property to, uh, to start my own program. And we found this, this building I'm in right now, um, right here in North Hollywood in 2011. And I signed the, uh, the lease. And um, when I left the old school and, and started this company, about 75% of the student base left with me. And so I opened my doors here wow. with over 50 students. And now we're up past like 220. Nice. Um, and uh, it's been about 10 years since I've been in business. June was my, my 10 year anniversary to June of this last year, uh, this year, I mean. And um, and it's just been awesome. I mean, it's been stressful, definitely different than the acting industry, but it's um, it's just filled my soul with a lot of a lot of reward, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to, to be able to say that, you know, um, that I, I I've not only helped myself grow, but I think uh, me and my team here we've we've uh, established a wonderful reputation in the community for helping other people grow. You know, um, yeah. and all ages. I mean, our youngest is like three and a half years old, and I think right now my oldest student is like almost eighty. 
So uh, we have, oh, yeah, wow. we have, we have, I guess, but like, and that, see, it's funny you said that because that's what I was going to ask. Did you find like, because it's two different mediums, but in still, like, whether it was Wild and Crazy Kids and acting or the dojo, you're still um, like an escape for people where you're that person that people go to for an escape, either watching it, forgetting about everything, or going to learn uh, martial arts with you. You're kind of in that same boat yeah. as acting in a way, too. And it's Yeah, I mean, you, I will tell you right now, you know, there is no way I would be as good of a teacher as I am now without the years of training the acting industry gave me. Um, and and being able to read everyone's energy in the room and and tailor fit a class every night you know or every day for for who's in front of me and then of course working with the kids I thank Nickelodeon for that while the crazy kids for that because yeah. my kids program rocks and that's because I knew how to get those kids attention because of the training yeah. that Nickelodeon gave me throughout all those episodes that I did of Wild and Crazy Kids so um, again I, I it's quite a blessing to see the two both kind of work together hand in hand and uh you know and now i'm thinking about getting back into the industry of acting because i feel like okay i'm established now i got a good business uh and i i don't have to worry about my future financially uh as much so now i can maybe go back and enjoy the art of acting and kind of uh, not have the anxiety that comes along with oh my god can i get this you know i gotta get have this next job in order to pay my rent you know um I think I, I I may you know actually find uh, happiness back in, in the industry again. So uh, kind of neat how it go kind of comes full circle. Yeah, that's really cool, and it's nice to see when uh, like us two talk to someone we watched uh, growing up. Like you're in a good place mentally, and it's yeah. just like really cool to see because uh, you know the whole child actor type stereotype they get a little crazy but you see there's a reason about. why man it's a, the acting yeah, no, industry as a kid i mean i'm gonna be honest there's it's been up i mean you know it does some it does it can it, it can do a number to you i was lucky i had a really strong family my, my parents were good to me they let me be a kid they didn't push me um you know my i didn't grow up in an acting family you know my 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 parents didn't know anything about it, really. They just knew that I had a passion and, and uh, I was working. And that's what kept me going is I just kept working, you know, and kept booking. And so um, they allowed me when I was burnt out. They, you know, like, for instance, in high school, I wanted to be a part of high school. I wanted to go to the dances. I wanted to go to prom. I, wa I wanted to be a part of, of my friends' parties and stuff. Yeah, I wanted to be social. I wanted to be normal. That was the one thing that was really, really big in my mind back in the day was even as a younger kid in elementary, I just wanted to be known as being normal. I didn't want to be known as that acting kid, right? And so I did kind of stay out of the Hollywood scene quite a bit. I mean, I, I had my days in my 20s where I, I ran around with the, with a little rat pack and such. And But for the most part, I still had the same guys I grew up with as my best friends to this day. Like I, I wow. so my best friends in this world are the guys that I went to third grade with and on, cool. um, you know, and so, um, and I thank my family for that because they kept me grounded. They, they never let me really fly away. And of course, guys, I had my days. I have definitely made poor choices. I've definitely had my negative years of, of you know, in my 20s, not knowing who the hell I was and probably in New York partying a little too much and so on and so forth, uh, going out, searching for the beers uh, more than the jobs. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I again, I don't have any regret on that either because, I mean, my buddies in New York are still like brothers to me. So we had some of the best years of our lives when I was doing One Life to Live out there. 
But I, I will tell you, I've seen a lot of my friends, and it's, it, it hurts to see, but there's been some struggle, uh, especially, uh, you know, um, for the people who started in the acting industry so young, and they're still pursuing it as an adult. Um, it can do a real number to you. I mean, you have to, you have to understand how much, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, you know, disappointment you go through as an artist, constant disappointment and i mean you're you know you you book one out of every 10 auditions maybe that's a really good run mm. but nine of those auditions you're getting turned down left and right those interviews you know uh so it could be hard on the soul but um, wow uh you know yeah, no, i'm uh, thankful man i'm thankful i found my way through it and uh, i just kind of used it as a you know as a as a launching pad for bigger and better things in my life yeah. So where I know you're not like uh, too much on social media. Um, I don't know if you have an Instagram or a Twitter. Where could uh, people follow you or find your information? Do you have a website for your dojo? Anything? Yeah, there's Shallon American uh, com. That's that's where you can find uh, our website for the dojo. And then, of course, on Facebook, I'm Donnie Jeffcoat uh, and uh, Shallon American Self-Defense Academy has a Facebook site. And uh, my Instagram is, I think, Donnie Karate. And, nice. uh, uh, so I'm not, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I post some stuff online here and there, but yeah, I've, I still, I haven't tweeted, never, never been on Twitter or Twitter. Stay away. Yeah. Stay away. Yeah, brother. I, I just can't do it. And Instagram. It's toxic. Have, toxic. It is bro. And I mean, Instagram, I have my stuff up there. We have the Shallon American stuff up there. And so you can kind of follow that for me. I'm not that active for my Facebook. It kind of is more personal. I, you know, I post stuff from my family. And then of course I, I let people kind of see and follow my, my career in martial arts, you know, um, martial arts has been awesome for me. I mean, I tour, I teach in, in England um, every year and I've taught in Barbados and in Germany and in France and Netherlands, um, you know, um, so it's been really good to me. I'm out in the East Coast quite a bit teaching in Boston and New York. Um, so uh, I kind of feel like I'm still acting in a way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just just a few more bruises. Uh, it's, it's a little more fun. I get to hit people yeah. and teach them how to hit <laughs> So, uh, no, that's no, man. awesome, I, man. No, seriously. Yeah, I mean, I even had a chance to, um, one of my clients was the Angelina Jolie family and, uh, I was teaching her kids for several years and, and they were lovely people and she became uh, a friend and asked me to help her with the weapons that she's going to be showing in the Eternals movie. So oh, cool. all, all that sword stuff and stuff, a lot of that's from me, uh, which was really wow. kind of fun to work with her and totally mixed it up for me in my career um, and uh, was kind of neat to kind of go back and start working with actors again as well. Um, so um, I'm excited to see uh, that film just cause I want to see how much she used of my stuff. That'll be your first tweet. Like, yeah, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> no bro, no tweeting for this guy. Bro. <laughs> it's really cool to chop it up with you. It's really cool to like, have yeah, you guys that we grew up watching be such nice people and like we've only had like one or two jerks i would say <laughs> really <laughs> but uh no you're <laughs> what's the point man change, what's the point is like, <laughs> freaking insecure yeah I'll, uh, if we ever hang out i'll let you know who they were i would <laughs> like that yeah we'll keep it off air right now yeah all right man thanks a lot buddy all right you guys be, be safe Thank